This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I'm your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we're reclaiming the narrative of fatherhood, one story at a time. You can follow the journey on Instagram at Therapy for Dads and our website, www.therapyfordads.com. Welcome. All right, Matt, well, welcome to the Therapy for Dads podcast. How are you doing this morning? I'm very well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you jumping in and deciding to, you know, come on the show uh, early morning your time. So where are you virtually calling in from? I'm in the UK, um, Essex, let's call it. I think a lot of people know what Essex is. Um, And yeah, it's like very early in the morning before the sun's even up. But it's for a good reason because I get to talk to you. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And that's kind of what we dads have to do, right? We either get up super early in the morning to do this type of stuff or late my time. It's about 11 o'clock my time and 7 o'clock your time right now, right? Correct. So we're we're opposite ends of the earth. And again, if you've been following the show for a while, I'm down in Southern California. So we're literally about pretty opposite, right? I'm trying to think if it's exactly opposite, but I don't know. Um, But far enough. It's close enough. It's far enough. (laughs) It's far enough. So thanks again for coming on. So can you do a quick intro of, you know, who's Matt? What's he do? Kids, family? Sure. So my name's Matt. Um, <clears throat> over here in the UK, I have a day job, which is just working for the government, nothing too fancy. So just don't do anything wrong. Um, <laughs> I work alongside MFF, uh, do their social media. Um, MFF, it stands for Music Football Fatherhood. It's a platform created by Elliot Ray. Um, to, it's a lifestyle and, plat- uh, lifestyle and parenting platform. So you've got lo- hundreds of articles from dads and some mums, in some instances, just promoting parenthood and their journeys and so forth like that. Um, on our Instagram page, we have some memes as as you normally do, um, but you have a lot of articles and some actually exclusive pro- content on Instagram, which will be IG Lives, um, which as you probably know, we have Kelly on there recently. And we will have people that review our new book called Dad, which got released on the 1st of June this year. It was completely crowdfunded. It has 20 stories from 20 different dads talking about their journeys into fatherhood and um, just telling you what happened thereafter. It's been extremely successful, really positive response to it. And all we want to do is keep growing the platform so that the dads know there is a space for them to talk safely and openly about their situation. We've even launched um, something called The Lodge, where once a month, dad can join us on Zoom and we just have a conversation about various topics. Our last one, which was last week, uh, no, yeah, last week, was on um, masculinity and fatherhood just so that, you know, we can talk about it because it's something that's not really spoken about. Mm. And it was just a no-brainer when you reached out because what you do is very much in line with what we do. And I, that's what I've found about the dad space is that a lot of us are not competing with each other. We're trying to work collaboratively with each other, just trying to build more space for us to talk because we've seen what's happened in the past. We've had dads and elders who didn't have a space like this. Mm. So while we have access to the internet and so forth, let's share the space and let's have a healthy relationship going forward with our family and ourselves. Yeah, I love what you said, Matt. It's so funny that I have yet to actually read the book. I need to buy it. But 
I know about the book because my good buddy Kelly, uh, who's got a podcast called Welcome to Fatherhood, and and um, he's been on this show. I've been on his, and we've actually developed a really genuine friendship over the past few months through Instagram. We've we've really created a, a great bond and got to know each other. And and Kelly told me about the work you were doing, and I was like, oh my gosh, it sounds literally about kind of my heart as well, getting dads to share their story. And you have a book which is twenty stories of dads sharing these different experiences being fathers and parts of their journey. And, 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 and then I saw you on with a live with Kelly recently. And then I was like, I got to reach out to this guy. I'm like, he's, it's like the same heart, same passion, just different format. <laughs> and yeah, let's, let's connect. And, and thankfully you did. And we started talking right away. And here we are literally, I think less than a week later, we talked this yeah, week. Definitely. Was it Wednesday and or it Thursday? Works, works. Make it, happen, <laughs> it was right? so fast. So, and I love what you said too, that we're not competing. It really are. And, and so far, so far my experience, I mean, I'm sure well, I don't want to say I'm sure, but I may hit a bump where maybe someone isn't collaborative. But so far, my experience in this space with other men and fathers has been we're really creating a community of like, hey, we're trying to support each other, not fight for yeah. competition, but really just say, hey, we're all we all have a similar heart, similar passion, different backgrounds, different expertise, but the core is the same. And how do we help that core? Really helping men, masculinity, mental health, fatherhood, parenthood. And and really that's something that it seems like you totally relate to as well is kind of a joint excitement of, hey, there's a lot of men and fathers doing amazing things and we're connecting and creating a literally a community across the globe. And that to me yeah. is hope filling. There's something changing and social media and technology has made it possible for us to connect with other men and what they're doing. One of our podcast episodes that I did not too long ago with a buddy, um, we talked about, hey, this is a, a significant positive outcome of social media and, and technology <laughs> among some of the other negatives of social media and technology. Yeah. This seems to be a really positive one among men and it's really exciting. So I'm, I'm so glad of the work you guys are doing and um, I actually looking forward to read the book and just to read the stories of the dads and I've heard some already from just some of the stuff you've done on your guys' uh, Instagram page and yeah. I'm like, I need to re actually read the book and get the copy and support Definitely. what you're doing. I, I encourage that and yeah. everyone else listening and watching yes, yeah please do, do the same <laughs> what i'd like to hear now if you could matt you know what's your dad journey been like can you tell us a bit about that so my dad journey so i've got a son he's two and a half hmm. well gonna be two and a half end of this month so i'm married i've been with my missus for 11 years this year or next month um been together 20 years and you know we've i guess more like a lot big chunk of my life has been with her so we kind of spoke about having kids and, you know, going off to study and stuff like that. Then you come back, get into work, work, then become, you know, you're really passionate about your job. So that becomes your main focus. And then kids sometimes don't necessarily fit into what you thought it would do because, you you, you know, I've got a new focus. And then kids kind of got taken off the table a little bit. And then I think there was stuff that went on at work where I ended up going through depression, which wasn't a great place to be in at all. But thankfully through um, support of my wife and other good friends and then eventually going therapy, kind of learned how to manage that better. Um, fast forward to, I guess you're working and you realise, what am I working for? Mm. You know, when I'm dead and gone, with all due respects, this is going to go back to the government if I don't have anyone else to pass it over to. And, you know, there's a discussion between myself and my wife about it as a matter of, if we're going to have kids, let's let's see what happens. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We'll see how it goes. And thankfully, um, we conceded. I think we didn't find out until probably two months afterwards because it wasn't really something that you was active. That sounds so bad. But it wasn't actively going about doing. And, you know, we wasn't sad or anything. We was actually very happy. And it was just another step to take together that we had never experienced because being together for as long as we had been, 
we had experienced a lot of different things. Sure. But this was completely new and yeah. it was weird. It was alien, but it was also exciting. And even to today, we just can't believe how fortunate we are to sort of have um, Avery. Um, but, you know, you did, I was able to attend because this was pre-COVID to attend all the different meetings and okay. scans and so forth. For that. But there were times where conversations were had exclusively with the mum and not myself. And it made me kind of feel some type of way, but, you know, you don't want to sort of, say anything in case they suddenly give you less treatment because they're thinking you're you're stepping out of line. Mm. Um, when he came about, well, actually, I'll tell you a quick story about this, actually, because um, when my my son, my wife developed a pregnancy disease, I cannot remember what it is, but it's one where if my son went to the full 40 weeks term, there was a chance he would become stillborn. So he mm. had, so we had, so she had to get induced. Um, so we went in there because he looked bigger than he was actually meant to be we had to go and get a scan. We went and got a scan. I was like, oh, the baby looks really big. I'm 6'3", so I'm not really surprised. Hmm. Um, but I was like, okay, we need to get a baby out. Uh, when do you want the baby? Um, like, when do you want to come in? I'm like thinking, okay, hmm, tell me a date. He just says, like, whenever you want. Truthfully, the last Marvel movie was coming out on the Thursday of that week. Okay. I didn't want to be the person to say my son was born after the movie because I wanted to watch the movie with my wife. So thankfully, the doctor says, do you want to come in on Saturday? <laughs> Thank you. You're a good one. Um, so that happened. We went into the hospital, got induced. My son wasn't then born until the Tuesday. But the seat, you know, I had, I had one of those big chairs that was just up beside you. That was my, that was my bed for the night. <laughs> okay. For me to go to the toilet, I had to leave the ward go out onto like the public area and go toilet there. The mums had one, literally I could touch it, hmm. but I had to go all this distance because I wasn't a mum or, a, you know, going to be a mum. Sure. Um, it was very hard. Um, eventually when she was going through labour and then they called it, say they had to go to have a C-section. I then got taken to another room, got myself prepped and ready, got invited into the theatre. And then they said, who brought dad in? And then they had a conversation amongst themselves and said, no, you shouldn't be here because of this. And they started having a big old spat about it, which made me just sort of step back a few steps and just turn around looking at a wall like I'm a child. Like, But I didn't know what to do with myself because I don't want to rock the apple cart. I'm just thinking, just sort my wife and my child out because, but you're having a spat in front of me. Eventually I was allowed to go around, uh, sit with my wife. And because she'd been going through labor for a good number of hours, um, prior to her going to have a C-section, every time she was pushing, she was falling asleep in between. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was a bit worrying for me. Like she'd got adrenaline keeping her going. I have got energy drinks to keep me going. It was hard. Eventually got to the point where she had the baby, it was fine, got to see him. But the the love I had for my wife was unreal. I, I knew I loved my wife. I had no doubt about I love my wife. But the fact that she went through all of that and it made me feel way because I couldn't do anything. I was helpless and I felt mm-hmm. like, and this may not be the case for other people, but I felt like I had done this to her hmm. because I wanted a child as well as she, I know she did, but I wanted a child. And it's like, I put you through all this stuff, but, you know, looking back at our son and all the stuff we've been through, it's just been amazing. This was so worth it. Hmm. But it's just all those experiences of how I was treated, um, having those conversations in front of me. And even later on where they were mainly focused on my wife. I get it. She's important. She deserves that attention. But checking on me, because no one asked me how I felt about being exposed to that situation, being okay. exposed to a situation where 
I'm told I have to go out to a public space, which is a good 10 minute walk round trip. Whereas if anything happened to my wife, I could have missed out on it. Mm. It was, it just felt a bit, um, a bit inconsiderate. Mm. But that was my birth journey in that respect. But since then, being part of Music Football Fatherhood, MFF, it's, it's just been so much better for me because just having like-minded individuals at different stage of life, you've got people who's got kids in their 20s, you've got people who've got kids that are the same age as mine or just had their second one that's younger than mine, but all from different walks of lives. Um, some of them are covered in this book, clearly, because MFF, but it, it's just been absolutely amazing. And meeting up with guys like yourself, Kelly, and other individuals, it's just been so positive. Mm. You get the harsh reality of some of the stories that have happened in lives and, and will happen in other people's lives, but it's just the, the commonality of the fact that we're all striving to be the best parents we can be, and obviously for those that are playing an active role. And I think it's just commendable. Like some of the stuff I know about you, what you told me, you know, how do you fit into your schedule? But if you can do it, there's no reason. Yeah. And I'll, I'll asterisk that, why I couldn't do that if I manage my time better or work on the dynamics of my household better. Yeah, good. that's a good asterisk, by the way. You're right, because it's, it's it's different for everybody in different seasons, right? We have different seasons of life and different contexts, and we might have more energy for certain things and other times not. And so so going back to your quick journey, though, of that uh, wife being rushed in the theater and then that kind of they're arguing in front of you and 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 you kind of turning and looking at the wall like almost like a child and and in the end saying, hey, we know that moms need support. They do. Because of course, like, of course they do. And in those moments, like that's priority number one is, well, how's mom's health? How's baby's health? Like, obviously, and not but, but and, okay, and how's dad doing (laughs) Um, with all of this, right? Like you said, and that wasn't asked of you. And um, and you were going through your own stuff in your own head, right? Like, hey, I'm coming to support my wife and, and, you know, do you remember the thought in your head when you kind of, was it just, I'm treating you like a kid, like I don't know what to do? Like when you said, hey, you I see them fighting was, and arguing? I think it was just a state of disbelief because where I've always been in the professional environment for a good number of years, hmm. probably close to two decades, it was just, it was abnormal to me that you'd have that spat publicly with the anesthetists, the doctors, the nurses, just, there was, I think there were about six or seven of them in the room. Wow. But they're all get you around like the lower section of my wife around the belly but who's brought this person in why'd you bring him in bearing in mind the nurse that brought me in was with me hmm. and they're having a conversation shouting across and my wife's laying there trying to stay awake do what you gotta do people just um yeah but i think it wasn't you know it's one of those situations where i didn't want to sort of confront it it was just fix it just do what you gotta do and yeah i've had to be put in a situation which made me feel uncomfortable yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could only imagine that. I mean, I'd, I'd probably feel pretty uncomfortable too. And you're hearing them and you're like, Hey, I'm just trying to hear support my wife, but you're right. Take care of her. And yeah, in the moment you're not going to confront because that wouldn't make anything better in that particular moment. Right. You're like, I just need my wife to be okay. And my, oh, yeah, and my, and my kid, you know, you mentioning just a quick snapshot into mine, my wife's birth, our first, it was a really long labor and, and you said her passing out in between by the end. And that was totally my wife. And I remember thinking, I've never seen her more exhausted in my entire life because it was something like, it was over 30 hours. It was something just ridiculous. It was a long time. And I'm like, this is just, she just, you know, literally like she would push and then out like a light. And I'm just, yeah. holding, and I remember holding her. I'm like, okay. And I, 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 tr- I was trusting the midwife, but there was also a part of me that was like, I, I feel like this is like not okay. Like I feel, I don't know yeah. what to do here, you know, <laughs> and totally helpless. Right. I don't I can't fix this. Like I can't, I want to give her energy, but I can't give her any more than what she has. And it was a really interesting yeah. phenomenon to see like the human body, you know, just pass out 
and then wake up and yeah. then push like almost everything and then pass it. It's in, in a way terrifying, but also extremely fascinating to see what the human body is capable of doing. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, especially when taking outside the comfort zone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Completely outside of it. Right. Not even close to the comfort zone. Massively. Um, but uh, good news. Mama's okay. Baby's okay. Yes. Right. Fantastic. So it ended up being okay. Even though it was kind of an uncomfortable moment and, you know, you had to take the bathroom far away and there was a weird moment with the spat, but in the end, baby's okay. Oh, yeah. Mom's okay. It's, I mean, yeah. It all worked out in the yeah. end. And I think that's the general story for most individuals. I'd mm -hmm. like to believe, um, I guess the only time you wouldn't think it's okay is if you keep dwelling on it, if that makes sense. I, sure. that, that's just my mentality. I think that in most instances in life, if anything you think of, if you're still able to push forward, like take a step forward, no matter if a baby step or a big step, it was okay in the end. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't okay and you're dwelling on the past and you're living in the past, you're potentially having depression and that's when it's not okay. Right. Um, and that's something that I, I've, come to terms with and I've had to just kind of learn to just keep going because the world doesn't stop if things don't go to work, go to plan and sometimes there are things that I want and I don't get and mm -hmm. it still worked out okay there's some things I didn't want and I got and it still worked out okay yeah but I'm very fortunate the fact that you know my son far exceeds any of my expectations as a as a son, as a human yeah. being. Yeah. Um, my wife is taken to parenting like a duck to water and I love to see it. Mm. I would like to say I've done a good job of it as well, but I'm, it's just hearing him call daddy out as much as he does. And I never had the opportunity to do that in my life, but it's just pleasant to let it, to see how happy he is when he calls me and we play and we do what we do. Yeah. Um, that just fills me with joy. And it just means that I want to be a better person. I've always strived mm. to be a better person, but that's because of um, losing so many family members in the past and wanting to make them proud. Hmm. but I want to show him the possibilities of how he can achieve great things. And um, very much how I was told by my parents, oh, I want you to do better than me. My dad was a bus driver. Like my guy didn't even make it hard. Like it was easy hmm. um, in the nicest possible way. Yeah. But because I was fortunate enough to be put in a position I was where I went to school and stuff like that, to be, to be better than the bus driver in his eyes wasn't that difficult. If I'm then doing things like MFF, I'm doing my own video editing, all the other stuff, as well as doing my day job. Son, you're going to have to work hard. I'm not going to make it easy for you. Like, I want you to be the best version of yourself possible. But if you want to exceed me, mate, I've set, I've set the standard for you. Go out there. My missus, she's um like senior management level in her company. She's like on a hierarchy like you can see on the website. So it's a matter of, son, you've got two parents that have set the standard. Go out there and smash it. But ultimately, enjoy what you do. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super happy for our situation thus far. You mentioned this, and I'm, I'm curious um, to expand that a little bit. You said, you know, we, I said the standard, you know, we did a little higher, right, than your dad. And you said in, in a good way, right? Okay, I yeah. he's a bus driver, but in a way, why me better than him? I want my son to be better than me. And so I'm wondering, what do you mean by being better? Like, what do you mean by setting the standard, I guess? At the end, what if he became a bus driver? If you became a bus driver, I'd be absolutely sound with that. Depends okay. what he does with the rest of his life. Gotcha. Because ultimately, my dad, um, backstory in it, I, I haven't spoken to my dad since 2009. Okay. Um, I am one of seven children. I'm the only one for my mum. My dad thought he was a farmer, was just sowing them seeds all over the place. Um, mm. Definitely didn't like that because of he was a bit of a womanizer as well. And how he treated my mum, no. Gotcha. Um, if nothing, my dad wasn't, constantly there he was a bit of an absent father well understandable with all the kids he's got hmm. but my dad taught me if nothing else how not 
to be a dad. And I've mm-hmm. held that true to my heart. Um, my dad was a bus driver and he literally took it as that, like that was the bare minimum that he would do. Mm-hmm. Um, he was proud of what he did, but he did it in a boastful, boastful way. He wasn't proud of what he did to be the best that he could be so no one could say anything to him and people had the best and safe journey going. He just did it because, look, look at me, I can do this because X, Y, and Z. I don't want that for myself. But that's how he said to me, that's one of his messages, be better than him. My mum will say, be better than her. Um, She was a legal secretary. For me, being better than him was being able to be passionate about my job, be the best I can be at my job and know that, there's, it allows me to be a better human being because I am that way. If my son decided he wants to be a bus driver, that's fine. Why are you a bus driver? Mm. Is it because it's easy or is it because you actually enjoy doing the job and you know that you're then in a position where you can support people yeah. who need the support to get from where they are to where they're trying to get to? Mm. If that's how you want to run it, fine. Crack on. You're a better man than me. Because when I was at that age, I probably wasn't in that mindset. But if you're just going to be boastful about it, you are not better than me you are more like your grandfather. And I don't want that for you. I want you, because he's an amazing human being. I think all of us have the capacity to be amazing. And I just think we just need to really evaluate why we do certain things. And are we just settling? Mm. Or are we actually, because we're um, passionate about it. And I I get money needs to be made, but money is not, for me, the barometer for success. It's a matter of why you do it and does it allow you to do the other things in your life that you want to do? Mm. Yeah, I like that. Money is not the barometer for success. So instilling... Really what I'm hearing from you is instilling some deeper meaning, deeper passion, more than merely just the job. Because a job is a job is a job, right? It doesn't matter what you do. It's that, okay, why, I love you said, why are you doing what you're doing? If you want to be a bus driver, great. But what's the purpose behind it? What's the intention? What's the, what's the mindset? Well said. I love that. Um, What a wonderful thing to give to your son is like, hey, you're instilling some deeper deeper meaning to it. Not just what you do, but the why and what's the drive and motivation behind the job, right? The job is just a, it's just a job at the end of the day. Yeah, You know, I think of teachers growing up in, in high school and junior high and stuff, and there were teachers that you could tell that cared and yeah. teachers that you could tell weren't, maybe didn't really care or checked out. And I feel like that made a big difference. Like they were all were teachers, but yeah, the ones you could tell that were like passionate, right. And motivated that they drew you in. It's like they, they, yeah. they pulled you in and made you excited. Even if it was a subject you didn't like, you're like, Oh, this is interesting. Cause the teacher was yeah. like, you could tell like cared. Right. And you're like, and versus the teachers who didn't, you're just like, I, you're bored out of your mind. Like, why am I even here? Like, what's the point? A lot of us are in jobs. And, you know, you might have, a, like you got, like you submitted, you know, teachers by title and that's it. Right. And it's not there. For, let's assume someone comes to me in, and I'm a bus driver. I might have a bad day, don't like my job, whatever the situation is. It's not my passenger's fault that I'm having a bad day necessarily. It's not my passenger's fault why I don't like my job. It's not my passenger's fault. So why I don't want to be there. You know, all these things is on me. Control mm. what you can. Um I've very much developed a positive mindset where um, there's a whole bunch of phrases I have around me to keep me going, like positive affirmations. And one of them is you can't stop a wave, but you can learn to surf. So you just got to do what you can do, what you're in control of, control it, what you can't learn to deal with it or roll with the punches. Oh my gosh. I love that. You can't stop a wave, but learn to surf. Um, I love it, man. It's like we're kindred spirits over here. I mean, that's, that's an analogy I give all the time about like, you know, things that come our way, like emotions and things like we can't control that. We can't control life, but it's like learning what to do when it comes our way. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, I, I love it, man. Beautifully said. Um, but I'm wondering what, 
so far being a dad has been a significant difficulty for you? It's just been a strenuous relationship thus far. It's the relationship isn't as it used to be because her having the C-section and her going through the whole, I think there was probably an element of PTSD potentially. Hmm. Um, She only had maternity leave for six months and then I took shared parental leave for seven months, seven months because of an extra month because of annual leave and stuff like that. But there was a bit of separation anxiety for her leaving my son not necessarily just for me, just in general, because all these other mummy accounts and stuff like that on Instagram were like, oh, we're together and in mm-hmm. uh, other classes and stuff like that would make us feel like some type of way, especially when people are like, in the nicest possible way, you're leaving your son, you're leaving your son with your husband and you're going back to work. And it was without mm. it coming across as patronizing or patriot, patriot, I can't pronounce it. I can't say the way you guys say it over there. Um, hey. You say patronizing. You patronizing. say you say it patronizing. A different way. I think patronizing. Yeah, I think that's how you guys say it differently. But say how say. you say you're 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 British. So you, it's fine. You're British. Patronizing. You be you, man. Um, you be you. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. So she, um, yeah, rather being patronizing or in a malicious way, they would ask questions. So you're leaving your son, you're leaving your baby with someone else, and you're going back to work. Don't you care? And that wasn't the actual the reason they said it, it was just because they didn't understand, they couldn't understand the concept of dad taking shared parental leave. Mm. But all of those things suddenly added up to them leaving an an impression on my wife that made her feel that, was she doing a bad thing? Was she neglecting her child? Was she not a real mum? And that obviously put a strain. Um, Conversation between myself and my wife kind of dwindled out as we're sort of doing the night feeds and everything else. And, lockdown definitely took a toll because where she would normally commute to work or I would commute to work and you'd have that downtime to talk to whoever you wanted to talk to, whatever you wanted to talk to them in that, in those working hours, that was now no no longer available because you're Mm. at home living on top of each other. And I think we just lost our identity a little bit where we just became functional parents rather than I'm Matt and she's Holly. It's just mm. we're mum and dad all the time. And it, it was just tough. And I think mm. only through her having her own identity, that like she's got her own Instagram page where she's got a whole bunch of followers and she's kind of, she, you know, she's in that own little world now. She's kind of re- rediscovering her own identity. Yeah. Um, I've obviously got a lot more involved in MFF and doing what I do and being able to express myself, be, you know, come on platforms like this. And I do obviously my own little things as well. But I think having our own identity has been really important because if you don't, in my eyes, if you don't have the capacity to express yourself and be who you are without trying to live up to expectations that you've set on yourself as a parent, which is not Matt, it's parent, it's dad, or as a husband to my wife or whatever else, can be very heavy and very... um, it can be detrimental because you're always got that weight of expectation on your shoulder rather than having a healthy set of weights where you're pushing yourself further than you normally would do. Mm. Um, but thankfully, um, we're in a better space now. Still a way to go. Mm. But I think it's just being able to talk to each other, being able to understand that we're both going through our own things, even though everything looks fine on the outside. We are going through stuff on the inside that we don't always articulate with one another because sometimes you just need a friend to talk to first before you talk to your significant other. Because I know as a, as a me as an individual, I like to fix things. So if you tell me something's wrong, I want to fix it. And sometimes it's not even trying to fix it. It's just there to listen. Mm. And it's hard for me to just listen because I care about her and I need to just accept that. 
I can't mm. fix everything. So sometimes that's where friends and other people need to be in your life or even a therapist if you've got a therapist, mm. just to talk to that. I can't fix it, but I'm willing to listen and just offer a few words every now and again. But I guess when you talk to a significant other, whatever you say is pretty much gospel. You said this, so no, 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 I was just talking. I wasn't meaning that I want to do this or mm. that's how I actually feel. I said I feel that way, but I don't mean that. I just can't think of another word to... Mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's literally how things have been so it has been stressful has been uh mind-numbing at times but mm. to be honest I love my wife she's my best friend and I wouldn't want to go through it with anyone else and I've mm. always said this to her for the longest time I said when it came to marriage I said the, re- the way I see it is that if we had to lock our door we couldn't leave I'd want to do that with you mm. and then unfortunately lockdown happened so many <laughs> years later need to be careful about what I say in the future <clears throat> I'm wondering, and I appreciate that that's that vulnerability and sharing that that the difficulty was, hey, it really put a strain on on our marriage and 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 our friendship and our relationship, right? We became mom and dad, and in a way, it kind of stopped talking, right? Just kind of functional. And so, I'm yeah. wondering at what point, you know, you're still on your journey reclaiming that, but what was the turning point for you of like we got to change something? Like, what was the light bulb that went on for you of like, okay, we're kind of stuck here. We need to we need to find our way back to each other in a way. I think it was when it just felt like everything we were saying to each other was just, we wasn't talking, we were just throwing statements at one another. Hmm. She would say something, I would misinterpret it and think it was something that it wasn't and vice versa. It it made me feel that I wasn't able to open my mouth and say hmm. anything positive. She would ask me a question, I'd feel like she set me up for a fall hmm. because I'll say something, it's the wrong answer. And they'd be like, what do you want to eat? Oh, I want this. But why do you want that? I, I, no. And I just think, why am I in this situation? Then I've got a fake, a good environment around my son. When I don't want that, I want a positive environment around mm. my son. What What's happening? And then eventually, I think it's just, we've been around him. Well, at least I've been around him every single day of his life thus mm. far. Mm. Um, my wife has had events where she hasn't been around him, but, you know, that's fine. She's in a more senior position than I am. But I think it's just, that's where I thought I understood that. I think we're just mum and dad a lot more than we are anything else hmm. and I think that was where can we just talk why are we like this for and, so I, and then we just it wasn't a one conversation it fixed everything it has to be a number of conversation mm-hmm. and eventually it just goes back to how it was when you was back in your friendship days before you actually got married or got in a relationship where you just got to le- learn who you are learn who the other individual mm-hmm. is um the only difference is we've got a very important person in our lives that we've got to coordinate with to sort of support but I think it's just reintroducing yourself to one another hi my name's Matt this is who I am and these are what my passion and hobbies are and this yeah. is what I'd like to get into because yeah. who I am today isn't necessarily the same person I was then mm-hmm. and the same with her and it's something where it could be seen as a bad thing but I think that's depend on how you want to take it or perceive information but for me somehow I need to have this relationship with my wife. I want to have this relationship with my wife because she's my best friend mm. and I'm willing to fight for it. Uh, I love that. I love that. I'm willing to fight for it. She's my best friend. And if, if I were to lock a door, I'd want to lock the door with you. I mean, uh, and then COVID happened and it became a reality, uh, like you said. And, you know, I think of, as you were talking, I'm thinking of the book, um, Seven Principles Making Marriage Work by John Gottman. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's a great book. But he, he's a, you know, him and his wife, they've done, it's like 40, 50 years of research on couples um, and kind of what, essentially what makes a lasting relationship over the years. And one of the things we talked about that a lot of couples are tested on is, or when their the relationship is tested, one of the many things, but a big one is when they have their first kid. 
Yeah. That's a big one because roles change, things change, right? And you have to now take on a whole new role, mom and dad, which is takes up a lot of time, right? I, <laughs> a lot of time. It's it's not a short term. It's not like a you know an hour gig a day, right? It, it's a it's a full time twenty four seven gig, and and in a way you're adapting to just the changes of now this individual's in the home, and how do we still connect as mom and dad as, uh, sorry as 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 partner as friends as right? How do we do that on top of this? And yeah. the toll it takes being a parent and depending on your kid. And there's, I mean, there's so many factors like, are we sleeping through the night? Are we not sleeping through the night? Like, was there traumatic birth? Are we, you know, what, what's happening, right? What are the, how is everything shifting? And that's a big one. And, and couples can get stuck in the kind of this rut of like, now we're just mom, dad survival mode. What I'm hearing you this rediscovered was, yeah, we're stuck in mom and dad role. And what Gottman talks about, it's about the level of friendship and rediscovering who you are again. And he that's kind of the core principle is always investing in your friendship, regardless of what's going on in your life. And that's what I'm hearing you guys went back to is we need to reinvest in our friendship. Yes, we got the mom and dad thing. We have a kid, we have a son, which is amazing. However, we've in a way, our friendship has kind of been neglected. How do we have the role of mom and dad in our kid and have the balance of investing in our friendship? I mean, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Does that yeah. sound about right? Yeah, no, definitely. And I yeah, I didn't know that book existed, but I'm not surprised that it does. It's a great, great it book. Out there. But yeah, it's just one of those things where you just, I think you, if, you, if you can't laugh at home, then yeah, something's not working. And and good for you too to, to in a way, to fight. Say, hey, I want to fight for this. Like, our, we've been together 20 years and we're stuck right now and it's uncomfortable, right? It's not a good, you know, it's a hard season. However, I want to fight. It's worth fighting for. And you did. And like you said, still work to go, still work in progress. Um, however, I'm, I'm guessing significantly better since whenever you guys had this realization, yes? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's always good to hear. Yeah, well, good for you guys. Good for you guys to to work on that and, and to, to reinvest in your level of friendship. And I also liked what you said, too, is having good relationship and friendships outside of the marriage, outside of the relationship. You know, having those kind of outlets, those healthy outlets as well, right? Who you are as an individual, your friendships, you know, your identity. Can you Can you speak a little bit about that, about what that's meant for you? Yeah, so I'll, I guess I'll keep going back to MFF because I sure. think I talk to them guys a lot um, <laughs> in comparison to things. I think because they just get me. Um, I do have friendships outside of MFF, but it's diff- it's different because I don't want I don't feel bad when you talk about fatherhood with them lot because they, they, you know they're in that group for that reason. Mm. Um, I don't feel bad talking about other things in that group because I can get a perspective based around them as individuals. But certain other people don't necessarily get it, but. For me, I get to be myself. So prime example, if you have a phone call with someone at work or someone you know, and you might have a certain emphasis on the characteristic that you have when you're speaking to them, that's not you being fake. That's just how your relationship is with that individual. Mm -hmm. But if you put that on around your significant other, they might think, why are you being that way for? That's a bit fake or whatever. But you're thinking, that's how we interact. That's how I get through that interaction with them by being this way Mm -hmm. so we can keep it moving. If I act how I normally act, it wouldn't be as pleasant. It will be a little bit disjointed and so forth. But then you flip on its head. And if you heard your significant other talk that way, you're thinking, that's a bit fake. What are you doing? But again, mm. you're not you're not being mindful of the fact that they're doing the same thing that you probably do, which is this yeah. is how I navigate the conversation, how I navigate the situation. If I act my way I normally am, it will be a little more disjointed. And I probably won't be able to get the favors I get done if I need to get them done. But also, it's just I think it's well just expressing how flexible and adaptable you are to different situations but if you're just mum or dad or dad and dad or whatever it's 
you're not really exercising those muscles, those skill sets that you have. Yeah. Um, you're just you're just doing the same old thing. I can tolerate this lovely musical that I keep hearing on TV of nursery rhymes. I'm trying not to sing in them, but as a human being, you have to you have to strengthen your muscles by using them. Mm. So if you have skill sets that allow you to um, interact with different groups of people, how you have to problem solve different issues, and how you have to just do different things in general, but you never exercise those, they're going to wear away. And, um, they're going to, what's what I want to say? They want to waste away. There we go. They want to waste away and deteriorate and yeah. no longer be as good as they were. And then when you do want to use those muscles and they don't work like they used to, you're going to get frustrated. Mm. And that means that you become a worse person than you were before because you haven't accepted the fact that these are the consequences of the lack of actions you've taken towards yeah. making sure that, you know, you've exercised those muscles. Right. So I think it's definitely important that we have those conversations outside of our immediate household to make sure that we're well-versed in how to navigate social situations so that when we do go out collectively, we're more confident in our abilities to just sort of go, I'm going to go to this social function, I'll leave you, baby, that's fine, crack on and do what you got, rather than potentially having a, a overwhelming sense of anxiety or having that imposter syndrome that I'm not really this person, so I can't do that. Keep being yourself, keep having your identity, because even though you are a parent, that doesn't mean that that is who you become as a whole. That's another string to your bow. It may be the main, if, I guess we use an analogy of a guitar, it may be the main chord that you play, yeah, but it's not yeah. the only chord that you play. I love that. That's a great, it's, yeah, it may be a main chord, right? It's the G chord. You play that a lot, <laughs> but yeah. you got D, C, E, my, a whole bunch of chords in there, right? And I also play music too, so I could we could talk theory all day long. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, but, uh, and I'm wondering with that, what is one, just to be practical, because I think it's good to give dads, men, practical things. So what's yeah. one practical way, you know, that you have been investing in your friendship with your partner? Ooh, good question. I think having a shared interest. Hmm. Um, so at the moment, like I love anime. I've, I've watched anime for years. Hmm. Uh, she's now watching uh anime show that I've been watching for a while because I think we just went on different paths. So I just kept watching it without her. And then don't ever watch Netflix without your other half if you're watching the show together. It's not worth it. Trust me, you have to pay for therapy and all sorts. It's not worth it. Um, so yeah, she's now watching it back and we'll watch it together so we can have conversation about that. Hmm. Um, she's on Instagram, like I mentioned before. So I help her with some of her posts, some of her editing and stuff like that. I know the other day, for instance, she wasn't, particularly in a good place because work was just getting on her and it's hard to give you a bit of context my wife my wife works in the hospitality section so where that got decimated during covid everything's been ramped up really quickly because gotcha. it was now going back to it yeah so like crazy so stress zero to 100 yeah massively yeah. massively so i've had to sort of pick up the slack in terms of mm. parent duties and that's fine that's what we're in a partnership that's what happens right yeah yeah um but yeah I went shopping for something to do with work and then I saw some like the fake plants and the little, you know, all these, all these little things that make your, like you got a lovely plant in the back of your scenery. Yeah. But I've got some of those plants and I bought a couple of them, brought it home. And she, I said, here you go. So what's those for? And I said, for Instagram pictures. Um, Cause she's like products um, every now and then she's like various products. And it's like, here you go. Just so that, when you're doing stuff, you've got a little bit more creativity, a little bit more flexibility where you want. And it was so, for me, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I just thought, just show a little bit of support mm. for what she's doing. And it's one less thing she has to think about having to be creative about using the same stuff over and over again. It's like, here's something you can have the accent there and mm. I'll show you how to use this bit. Here's a little tripod. 
nothing big, but it was just the fact that I went out of my way to do that for her. And it means that when she wants to take a picture, she's not having to think too hard because she's got something new to play with. I think she just appreciated the fact that I, that I noticed that things weren't going the way they would like they would normally go. And I was willing to try and help, mm. not necessarily by doing it for her, but by offering something there for her as and when she wanted it. Yeah, and it took obviously your attunement to her too, right? It took your attentiveness to say, okay, I see her and how do I support her? And and right now, you, you, I think you painted a nice picture of there's different seasons of support, right? And I think sometimes couples and partners can get stuck in this 50-50 kind of quid pro quo kind of business relationship of like, well, it's, you know, I do this, you do this, I do this. It's just like, which doesn't yeah. really work in a relationship, at least in, a, in a, an intimate relationship that works in a business, right? Yeah. But you and we kind of pointed out specifically, it's like, hey, right now I'm doing, I am supporting more because of this particular season. She's going back and she's more stressed. And not only that, what I heard you say is I'm in tune to her needs and saying, okay, how do I support her in a way that's unique to her? Yeah. And and then doing it. And then what's the, what's the response been like from, from her, from that? It's been positive. Um, we communicate a lot more. Because I think one thing I feel felt to uh, mention earlier is the fact that we had a conversation about like, what can we do to improve our communication. It's a matter of at work I get a break in the morning, my lunch break, and a break in the afternoon. Don't really take them much, but it's like let's communicate in that time. Let me just check mm. in on you, and you check in on me, see how we're yeah. getting on, and that's helped. So yeah. even up until yesterday, um, she's got to do some extra work to do by this coming Friday, and where she'd normally look after my son and put him down for naps and stuff like that. It was like, that's fine. She told me she's got this work she's got to get done. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's fine. So I cracked on, looked after him. Yes, my son didn't want to go down for a nap, a bit of a problem, but mm-hmm. she she had him in the front room with her and mm-hmm. I just did the rest of the housework and did what he did. And she was like, oh, are you upset with me? No. But her thought was I was upset with her because of previous conversations or previous situations when things weren't so well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, gotcha. you communicate to me what the situation for why you've got your laptop out and you're working. Yeah. I haven't argued with you about it. Mm. I appreciate your situation. If you win, we win. Yeah. If you lose, we lose. So yeah. I'm yeah. gonna back you. Right. Crack on do what you gotta do. I'm not, yeah. you know, if you like when it came to him going to bed, I took him up and she said, Oh, I thought I went to bed. I said, You're working. But if you want, I'll take him up, get him ready for bed. If you want to take over, take over. If you don't, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm not robbing her of the opportunities. I'm yeah. being mindful of her situation. Right. And I think that is something that we need to how we need to be at least. I don't know about other people, but for us, we need to be more mindful and sensitive of each other's mm. situation because especially when you're working from home, which we both done, mm. it's very easy for the lines to get blurred between how you interact with your work colleagues and how you interact with your um, spouse, especially mm. when you're both professionals. Um, I know that I, I have to take over other people's diaries every now and again. It can be a bit jarring because you're thinking, why am I doing so much more work than you? And we're both getting paid the same wage. And then at home, you're thinking, well, I did these activities with a child. Why are you yeah. not doing your, yeah, yeah, your yeah. way? Yeah. And you don't want to get into a tit for tat because no one's going to win in that situation. Yeah. And you just want to make sure that you both, you know, you do what you can do. And every household's dynamics are different. Everyone has their strengths and, you know, have the areas they need to strengthen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just about being mindful of that and always revising yeah. where you are placed in that situation, that dynamics, because you might be strong in one area and then someone else learns how to do the same thing just to get themselves equipped so that yeah. I think it's based on the conversation we had in the lodge last session where somehow your gender roles, 
Yeah. I think gender roles are important that it's not a matter of that this person has the responsibility of this exclusively and this person has jobs exclusively responsible for these jobs. It's about being fluid with them so that yeah. as and when required, you can pick up the slack. Yeah. But if one person suddenly gets into it and, and a penny suddenly drops and they're able to then exceed the previous person's role of doing it, it doesn't mean that that person's less of a person. It just means that the dynamics are slightly changed over time because life happens. Life's about growing, evolving. Things never stay in the same. You've mentioned seasons a number of times, and that's exactly what it is. You have a season for, you know, different seasons for different reasons, and it's all about embracing that and knowing that just because something was good yesterday don't mean that you're going to have that same yeah. feeling coming into today or tomorrow or next week. Totally. Things will change and how you feel about things will also change. And it's okay about that. Just acknowledge it that you can't hold on to a moment for the rest of your life. It's just not yeah. going to carry feel the same way. And and you gave another, without even knowing it, I mean, maybe you knew it, but you gave another really practical thing, which I love. And, and I work, you know, something else I do, I, I do couples therapy as well. And so when I'm working with couples, you, you, you know, nail on the head, man, you, you said that we're intentional with our like check-in time. We're like getting each other's temperature throughout the day or maybe that we weren't doing that before. And, you know, we're, how you doing? What do you need? So in really, you're kind of more in, in mindful and intentive of supporting each other's roles, whatever that might be in the, in the day. And really, and I like that kind of that fluid, like the, the role, like gender roles, right? But being more fluid that, hey, if we're a team, if we're a supportive team, we're going to take on each other's roles. And certain things, you know, you may do more and she may do more of certain things. But at the end of the day, though, it's like you're trying to like, you're trying to balance, like, you know, to use football as an analogy, right? It's like, you're on the same team trying to get the ball on the goal. Um, and f- for my American listeners, football is soccer. So just letting you know, football is soccer, not football is live or from yes. um, uh, from Coach uh, Ted Lasso, right? Football is live. Have you seen that show, Ted Lasso? Yes. Okay. Is it, it? It's totally an American show, right? Not British at all. It very much is, yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, but it's it's great. I love Danny Rojas. Um, anyway, but it's, it's football. So... Um, Anyway, but the idea is that like you're 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 working together versus being opposing teams and trying to fight each other. It's and and so often we can get in that that opposition of we're against each other versus no, we're trying to work together and we're having good chemistry to get the ball forward and we're working together to support each other. And depending on the game or the match where we are, we're someone might be doing quote unquote more quote unquote than the other. But it's not about that. It's about if we're a team, we're supporting each other. And how do we get back on the same page? regroup reset and have good chemistry and 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 again i just want to commend you for that just to point that out that you gave another very practical tip as you guys are checking in more regularly and intentional about it so that was a great it was wonderfully said really really good i appreciate i think i think i'll probably add to that and i do appreciate your feedback on it is um the realization was that and i think it's because i do like i said um i know we've had conversations before like i said um I talk to other people in general and I listen to them. And a lot of people think that I just talk for the sake of it, but I actually listen to them and I was like, wish them, you know, happy anniversary and stuff like that when they've told me stuff because I actually take an interest. Mm-hmm. But one of the conversations I had with people was when you leave your partner in the morning or whatever day you leave to go do whatever you got to do and you come back, you're assuming the way they felt at the time you left them versus the time that how they feel when you come back to them is exactly the same. It's just been paused and mm-hmm. you don't, necessarily take time to appreciate all the things that may have happened in between that gap and you've come back treating them the same way you left them not knowing what's happened but if you engage with them you can have a better understanding of what 
events are taking place throughout the course of a day, which will help you to better interact with one another. So what happened after I spoke to you last? You know, did they, did the meeting go well? Did that? Yeah. Thank you. You've acknowledged yeah. the fact that this happened and there's something else that might be happening yeah. and I can fill in the gap for you. Yeah. And I just found that has definitely helped in that regards. Yeah. Um, one thing, I guess, um, when you talk about um, being on the same team, I've, I like analogies, it's clearly established. <laughs> yeah. um, if success was a number and that number was 10, yeah. how many different ways can you get to it? And I'll give you a few examples for it, which is three times three plus one, uh, 100 minus 90, uh, 11 minus one, however you want to play it. But that could be success. So it just says there's more mm. than one way to get to success and success looks different to every different person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's what's important for most relationships. Yes, the outside world or the majority might do things a certain way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's how you need to do things or your household has to do things. That's why... The majority of folks are right-handed, but don't mean there ain't things out there for left-handed folks. So just do yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's important to do what works for you as the as the couple. If you if you're in a couple, right? If you're in a relationship as a couple, because not not everyone listening to this, some are single parents out there, and I get it. But you have to work whatever it is, whoever your whoever your team is, uh, yeah. working together and supporting each other with what works for you guys. And not necessarily what works for what you see on Instagram or, I mean, some of those things may work for you, but not everything will. You have to really connect and really check in with the person you're working with is the most important yeah. person to check in with. And if it doesn't work for them, well. yeah, it has to be sustainable. And if it doesn't work for your partner, then stop doing it. You know, find, like you said, like, you know, if it's success is 10, there's a bazillion different ways to make that happen. Just finding yeah. that, you know, finding that rhythm and it can take time sometimes, you know, it's not always like, okay, it's all better. It's instant. No, it's, and here's the thing too, is it's constant work. It's daily investment. It's daily practice, right? It's yeah. practice, practice, because they, they practice all the time, the same stuff over and over and over again to keep up their skill set, their stamina, their pace, their, right? Their, their level yeah. of intensity They're, They never stop practicing. And that's the same thing with uh, being in a partnership. Same thing, being a parent, a father is we're always engaging. We don't have to, we can get stuck and be mindless and automatic pilot, right? But but if we're not, if we're mindful and engaging, we tend to catch things before they kind of go awry. We continue to build and strengthen, right, and move forward versus kind of, you know, we, we sense when the chemistry is off more effectively than if we're if we're not intentional, right? We're we're catching things before they become a big problem, and right. it does take it does take a lot of work though. It takes a lot more effort, um, more energy. Um, However, I would think, and maybe I'm sure you would agree, I, I think the outcome is far better. <laughs> and Massively. You don't have as much negative conflict. You'll still have conflict because conflict is not necessarily negative. Um, conflict is sometimes just a misunderstanding or disagreement. Yeah. So it, it's learning how to navigate the conflict. So I appreciate I appreciate the the honesty and the feedback and the, and the practicality of what you do that works for you. And, and again, if anyone, you know, people listening, find what works for you. Uh, for you and your your partner, your or, or your team, your parenting team, or even with your kid, find what works because in the end, that's the most important thing. Um, regardless, at the end. Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.